Pink, The Humble Monster. There you go. Oh, what's down? What's cracking? Oh, man. Hey, now, what's the deal, man? Quarantine, daddy. Quarantine. I know that. First and foremost, I can't, look, I can't bring you on without intro. But, you know, this is a friend thing today. You know what I'm saying? Ain't, ain't no industry about this today. I, I consider you a friend, my good brother. So, uh, ladies and gentlemen, without further ado, the leader of the Medicine Men, KLC. What's going on, my brother? Uh, man, I see you. Uh, you got your grades going on, too, huh? Yeah, this that uh, when you're not on the road, look, you know? <laughs> <laughs> not on the road, look. So, uh, See, this probably give you, a, give you a whole lot of time to get into your drum machines again, though. You're in the crib a lot. I know you're doing something, man, scientists over there. I learned some new shit on the, uh, on the X, you know, like um, recording that motherfucker, man. I, I did that for the first time the other day. I was shocked, man. That shit sound good as fuck. Well, vocals? Yeah, like a Dell system, like Pro Tools, Logic. Yeah. Hell yeah, man, I did that shit the other day. I was surprised, man. And then I used it as a line mixer. Right. No, it got a definitely good processor in it. That's for sure. But it ain't the three. It I still think it don't sound, none of them sound better than the 3000, though. My that's opinion. what I said. It ain't the three. No. That's, 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 that's I, I'm, a, I'm a living witness to that shit. See? Man, I saw that on four rap page, bro. <laughs> That's the same one? No, it's probably uh that might be the first time I copied somebody, boy. You sure that that wasn't on Bruce Four Rep page? I got it's uh John McClain had one that was a little similar that I kinda copied a little bit. But John I just couldn't so I don't know if I, I, I might I don't know if I would sent my pictures to Bruce. I know he was on me for a while. I don't know if I would end up sending that. I might have sent it. But uh, yeah, the little titanium. Nah, man, I thought I saw that exact machine on goddamn um on uh. Only difference on is he had the, the middle. The middle part was white. He still had the wood grain though. But he didn't have a titanium. Like I got like a titanium type of thing going on, almost. In the What's going on, bro? Oh man, bro, you know I had to come. I'm looking at your, your discography, bro. You came in 88. First, yeah, first um, when I started, shit, we had to go back to 84. If you if you go compete, talk about all of the the, the whole my whole hip hop era. Right. Talking. So who was 84? What artist was that? Like it, it dip, Well, you were speaking about um when I started. Mm-hmm. Shit, now if you're gonna go back to the beginning of my whole hip hop shit before I started producing from breakdancing, right? Then DJing, and then um, into producing and shit. I mean, I was fucking tagging graffiti and all of that shit. I was a beast with it, all that shit, too. Culture, the culture consumes you just like me. See, let me tell you something, my nigga. I graduated in '87. I went to Southern for two years, no, for a year. My girl got pregnant, and I haven't worked since. Music fed me since like 89 to today. Jesus. 
Yeah. Well, you, you got the discography to keep that mailbox open, I tell you that. Yeah, I love that, though, bro. That's, you know. And the thing about it, bro, truthfully, you even looking at the point the way when, you know, on a whole no limit thing to where when we left and we, and we, and we finally retained 100% of all our publishing, that was even sweeter, my nigga. And yeah, when this you, you ain't you do too much sampling at all, right? Right, but you know, like we had to fight for our shit, but not from no sample people, but you know, right, 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 that part, that part. And um, was it hard? Was it hard to do though to get it? Nah, 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 nah. Because man, truthfully, man, it was just more like when we left, bro. We left '98. Shit, we put out like um, we sold over like thirty seven million records. We put an album out. We put out twenty six album that year. Every two weeks, we dropped the album for an entire year, selling over thirty that year. We were like, who in the fuck not gonna give us a deal when we left? That's when That's money what? was good in hip hop. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, right. Hell yeah! <laughs> every so two boys, weeks. Yeah, every two weeks for a year. For an entire year, with twenty plus songs on the least songs we did on the album was mystical, and he had like eighteen. Everything else was twenty plus, every two weeks, for the entire year. I'm gonna find that clip and I'm gonna send it to you on Billboard. We had like, I think, fourteen albums on Billboard at the same time, my nigga. Fourteen. Fourteen, thirteen or fourteen, is on is on one of the, in the in ninety eight. It was on one of them on um, one of those billboard things. Yeah, listen to me. I'm not bullshit. Damn. He dropped. Listen to me, Bing. From January to December, we dropped an album every two weeks for the entire year. What the fuck was that marketing like? With twenty plus songs on every album. The only album we didn't do 20, 20 hours probably mystical and he had like 18. That was before the Pharrell era, right? Right, that was 98. When did him and Pharrell yeah. link up? Well, Pharrell came in, he did something like in 99 after we left. Okay. As a matter of okay. fact, he did the song with Silk. Right. But nobody is to hear it but but yeah that was before the um that's like when uh the neptunes first started popping but truth be told mystical is the reason why people start letting pharrell do hooks because when he first started singing on the hooks people were complaining but really? mystical, yeah absolutely but mystical was the only one that was like you know what do you bro like, I'm riding with you. Whatever you want to do, I'm going to follow you. And that really made Pharrell into a star artist, you know what I'm saying, in my opinion. You know what I'm saying? Because I remember, like, yesterday when he first started getting on the hooks. They were like, oh, he's on the hooks. Ah. But then when he started doing the Oh, that was Norig on the What What record, right? On the again? That was Norig on the What What record, right? Yeah, all, all day. And, uh, and Khalees, she was in the background. Well, she on the fuck was. 
So it was like when he when he got his hands on Mystical, Mystical allowed him to just have a free reign with you know what he wanted to do. And you wanna know some shit speaking on that like um Toy Green bought some shit to my attention, right? Right. I did a song. We was in as a matter of fact, if I'm not mistaken, it was that time I was in the studio and you came in there. Battery. Battery, right. Mm-hmm. And um I did a I I I produced a song for him called Big Truck. And um it was me, Toy Green, Pat Viala. And I think you yeah, you came up in there. Mm-hmm. And um I had wrote the hook for it, but Mystical he had left and he was like, Toy was like, uh, who did that hook? Cause Mike Joe didn't write it. I'm like, how you know? Cause there's too many words in there. <laughs> <laughs> oh, toy. So, Shout out to Toy. Shout out to Toy. Yeah, Toy Green, what's up, man? Toy bought me some bread in that bitch. I ain't going to bullshit. Ain't lie. He was definitely a G with it. Nah, man, that, um, shit, that 98 year was a, a magical year. It was kind of fucked up, though, because, um, but for, for like people like us, we would know. But the average listener don't give a fuck. Right. Because none of that shit we did was mixed. You know, you know how we went through the process, just say like if we if we in the studio working with the artists, right? Right. And we'll let two track for them to rap on and once they let the vocals, we'll come in and song it around it. Shit. Man, let's go mix that shit, man. I I I never forget, man. This is one of the the very first memories that I can remember that I never forget at No Limit. Me and P just did a song, right? And he was like, cool, man, let's go and mix that bitch. So I was like, okay, straight. So he went and he left. I think he went in the office or he, he made a run somewhere. So when he left, I started tracking the beat out. So when he came back, he was like, you there? All right. So when he left, he came back and he was like, um, shit, let me, what, what it sounded like, let me hear that bitch. I'm like, I'm not finished. I'm still tracking it out. And this nigga was like, man, Kel, come on, bro. We got to get this shit done. You running, trying to make that shit sound all pretty. The average nigga only got one speaker in they call anyway. As long as they can hear the, uh, the bass in my vocals, I'm straight. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> Two track it is. And that's how every song on No Limit was. We ain't track shit out. Not one. The only song that I can remember tracking out was Down For My Niggas because he wasn't there. He was in California shooting a movie. That's and I think... Me, that, look, and that explains why that shit sounded so nuts, nuts. Because you gave the, everything, everything. That ain't a way on that motherfucker. Boy was like, whew. The thing about Jeez. it, though, bro, is that when I did down for my niggas, I remember um, I did the song. We did the song in Baton Rouge. That's how I was able to separate it. Right. And um, C was on his way to a club, though. But C called me, man, you hear these motherfuckers on, on such and such on TV talking that shit called Magic Have a Beat right I'm on my way. So I'm already got this motherfucking Isaac Hayes record up. 
I was right. already in the process of chopping up, just looking for samples and shit. And right. it just happened that that was the record that I was doing. So when he called me, it didn't even <clears throat> register on me making that beat. It just like I just played around with the pads and whatever came to mind, I just ran with it. And then I realized that each note is next to each other. And so I just went from note to note. You know what I'm saying? That's and crazy. Then, um, <clears throat> and then the thing about it was, though, when I tracked the beat out, the um, because the whole beat is like fucking eight sounds. You got the eight. kicks, hi-hat ride, and you got the horn hits. Right. And then you got, and you have like the cymbal and the little, little uh, I think a what's it was it wasn't a glocker spell. It was one of them another sound that's just sitting in the back. And the thing about it was when I did it, they didn't have no breaks in the beat. Once that bitch started with the intro and it dropped, it rolled the whole way. They don't have not one punch out in that bitch. The beat Zero. just rolled. Not one. They had yeah. that intro and that bitch just rolled and it faded out. Oh boy, went nuts on that John. Though his name Magic. Yeah, man. He went ape shit on that John. I can't lie. Say, bro, Magic. Let me tell you something, bro. And Bink, nigga, I'm not bullshitting. I'm, I'm telling you exactly what's happening. It was Snoop Dogg talking. It was Snoop Top Dog album. Once he laid, laid his verse. And Magic went in on his verse. I called Snoop. I said, Snoop. He answered the phone. Whoa, what's up, Cal? I'm like, Snoop. Nigga, I'm about to have the hardest song on your album, my nigga. Snoop was like, I don't know, nephew. Drake gave me some banging ass shit. <laughs> right. I said, Snoop, listen to me, my nigga. I didn't say I was going to have the most banging this shit on your album. I said, I'm going to have the hardest shit on your album. That part. It's a difference. Right. It's a difference. So, I got off the phone with Snoop. I called Silk. Nigga, you got to get on this record, bro. I'm telling you. So he was like, cool. When I when I'm when I, I'm gonna come pick you up on from the airport. When y'all get in, just play it for me. So we picked up. We he, we got to the airport when we landed. I popped in the cassette. That motherfucker came on. Silk heard it. Uh, dude, shit, man. Um, yeah, you gotta call me when you get a hit. Yeah, that was call exactly. Me. Call me when you get a hit. Call me when you get a hit. That was his words. So we got to the room. We went, checked in. I put my bag up. No, you know what? I think I probably bought my fucking bag to the studio. Because Snoop was, he was already there. But we damn near went straight to the studio from the airport. That's how fast it was. So when we got there, we did the, the symphony record first. You know, because, right. you know, he, he always did a remix of a classic record on all his shit. So we did that record. That's right. I forgot about that record. And then um, after we did that bitch, still like, shit, nephew, that's what it is, man. Um, 
you know, shit. We let we we buy and say, well, Snoop, I got another one I want to play for you. Cause he 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 knew I told him about the record, but he haven't heard it. Right. He was like, well, nephew, man, we could do that bitch tomorrow. And if I would have never said, well, let me put it on tape for you, we probably wouldn't even probably never we wouldn't even hear that record. So I was like, well, let me put it on tape for you. So he was like, cool. So I popped the ADAX in the in in the decks, right? And I threw the I threw all of the faders up on the board. And um I hit play. That shit came on. Dun, 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 dun. When that bitch dropped, zoop. All them niggas went in that bitch. That niggas, them niggas in that bitch went to crit walking. Bruh. Niggas say, fuck that, nigga. You about to do this bitch now. Cause Snoop, he really didn't like it at first. Right. Cause this is like his first time on like some down south shit. That part. It's a whole nother pocket for him. Right. So, so um, nigga, he had them, he had them Chris with him, them niggas still by the door. Like they all got it but him. Well, people don't know was Snoop changed his verse. He did two verses to that. Nigga heard right. was Snoop, my nigga. You know we do movies up there, my nigga. If you put this shit out and say the shit you're saying, bro, he say, come on, man. You got to change that shit up. Oh, he because was talking reckless? Snoop, his, 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 man, let me tell you something. It was reckless, nigga. He watered his verse down. <clears throat> oh, wow. I gotta hit you. I'm sure you still got you still got that verse. It's on them eight that tapes. Them bitches in in the storage. I'm gonna try to go pull them bitches up, bro. Oh uh, man, you gotta find that verse, man. And then and then I got another song that Snoop went in on too. The song is this 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 this, this cat I produced called Six Shot. And he had a song called It's Your Dog. But um, but the thing about the Down for My Niggas record was that was like my first time. Um, while well, mixing on the Neve board. Now, I think we did it in, uh, what's the name of this fucking studio in LA? It was a studio and they sold equipment in that bitch. But, sold um, equipment. Yeah. It was, uh, Westlake. Was it Westlake? Westlake Audio? Yeah. There's two of them, yeah. Right. So we, um, that was my first time, like, I, I, you know, I, I really fuck with the mix, but it was the first time to where I never knew how to actually operate the board, but I always had the engineer to assist me. Like, well, man, I need to do this or set me up because, you know, this is my first time just being behind the board by myself to where I had to learn to mix that record. I had to learn the board mixing that record because I didn't know how to work around the board or nothing. Right. So that was an experience just doing that shit, just learning the fucking knees and um mixing this record at the same time. To to this day I told Snoop like by last like a couple months ago we was talking and I said, Man, the only thing I regret about that record is the bitch don't sound how I sounded how I wanted to sound and Snoop was like shit nigga. I don't know what the fuck you is listening to. That's <laughs> banging, nigga. That part. Like, Right, but my whole thing is, I, I I probably say that because I'm a better mixer now than I was then. 
But at that point, shit, I was just happy I got through the record. At, at that time, though, you said that was like, what, 98? 98. No, no, that was in 99. That was 99. the last record I produced on No Limit. So that was MP era, 3000? Yeah, yeah, I did that on the 3000. The gray one, the, the, the limited edition one. That was the black one, the limited edition. Right. But I have I just, a... Um, I have an 808 with MIDI, so the 808 drums came straight off the, the actual 808 machine. It sounds like it, bro. Like, it, I just remember when I first heard that record in the club, I had no idea how much that bitch dropped. In that moment, that damn, those FH2s in that, in that club was like... That nigga said so They had peeves in that bitch? Bro, FH2s, man, it sounded like somebody was trying to get out. <laughs> sounded like somebody was trying to, like somebody was kidnapped in the in the speaker, was just trying to get out that junk. I'm like, yo, this is nuts. Now, I'm gonna tell you this though, like, you had the 808, but when that bitch dropped, drop, drop. That was Kurzweil uh, bass. I bought, like, when I bought my Kurzweil, I bought the entire library that came with it. And I had it actually put installed in it. Because when you buy the Curse, well, you could buy a factory. But they also had um, an extended, some, some, uh, a whole drive that you could put in there to install the entire library. I had one. I had what? A, I had a Curse with, I had a Curse with, and I swapped with a dude for, for a V drum. Man, get the fuck out of here, bro. I promise you I did. All it listen, everything, everything on no limit is from a Kurzweil that I use. All my shit is from that. It was MPC Kurzweil ASR 10 and two SE ones. I still got my SE one. <clears throat> I, I love that motherfucker though. You still got both of yours? Hell yeah. Shit, you only is a mono machine, so I had to get two of them bitches. <laughs> And look, the fucked up, the fucked up thing about it was, when I heard it, everything I heard was like, "God damn, this bitch sound like Chronic." God the Chronic damn, this bitch sound like Chronic. Hell yeah! And then um, they had the uh, SE One X, the um, the New York, New York that worn out, worn out. Yeah. That's a factory sound in the SE One X. I never got into the SE One X. I never did, but I went to um where I heard that mother. I heard it when we when we when we was in LA, we went to uh I think it was the guitar center in LA, the big old one. And we went up and they just fucking around. As a matter of fact, that's when I bought my um my limited edition uh three thousand. I bought it from LA, from Guitar Center. Oh yeah. Thirty about thirty two hundred. Huh? That was about thirty two hundred back then. Yeah, with tax because they were like twenty nine. So let me let me ask you something. <clears throat> how did you and P cross? Like, how did that even how that relationship come about? That happened with Serve on. As a matter of fact, the very last Jack the Rapper convention, and the thing about it was, I actually watched firsthand of the debt roll. Luke Skywalker fight, nigga. Oh, um, I was there. Nigga, 
I watched that fight, my nigga. I watched I that. I was there. I was there. Top of the escalator. Yeah. Luke fought. No, it was. It was. Was it? It was. Was it Luke? No, I think it was that row at the bottom of the stairs, and Luke Skywalker crew was at the top of the escalators, and they came down, my nigga. And the minute they touched down, it was over with. I ain't gonna lie, bro. Them, them Miami niggas, they 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 walked them boys from California, bro. They walked them. I, they walked them, bro. It, it wasn't even close. <laughs> All you saw was shit flying around everywhere. And a bunch of LA niggas on his back, bro. Cause Luke was deeper than them, though. He was, bro. He right next door to his home. The crazy yeah, thing was, was that was ninety. That was ninety three. That was ninety three. Cause I went, I I was in uh, one of Puppy Sweets. Cause I right. was with one of my one of my OGs, Lil D. I was up there taking a nap. So when I came downstairs, the, the lobby was fucked up. Like shit was everywhere. And I was like, what happened? And Nikki D had an ice pack on her head. Remember? What? Yeah, Nikki D got hit in the head some kind of way. She had an ice pack on her shit. So I seen her walking past with the ice pack. I'm like, they were like, yo, it just went down, nigga. You know what I'm saying? Because Wolf, I think Wolf was fighting with Luke and them. Oh, my goodness. You know what I'm saying? Puff Man Wolf. So that, they tore that lobby up, bro. Like, so nigga, that's when we met I, I was. I was firsthand, why, nigga, I was at ringside, nigga, like, 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 seat to ring. I was that close, nigga. I actually watched that shit, nigga. I backed the fuck up and watched all of that shit go down. And if, I, if I'm not mistaken, if, if I do remember, remember, Escape was right there, too. And I watched the, the whole thing, my nigga, and I was like, God damn, man. All I remember is me and Servon backing up on the elevator because fucking the escalator was in all the stairs. You know, the only thing away from it was the elevator. So we had to go back. You know how long it took to catch look, you know how long it took to catch an elevator that weekend? It took forever to get on the elevator. It was in they look we tore that hotel to pieces, bro. Bruh. But back back to the 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 story, it was more like that's that's where we hooked up at. So me and Sir, we went out there with a partner of ours. Cause he had to go out there and, and take care of some business. Then he asked me and Sir, will we ride out there with him? We like, fuck it. So we did package up some shit for, for Sir to shop his demo. And when we got out there, P, C, Silk, and a couple of other people was there. So C and Servon knew each other. C murdered, Servon knew each other from playing ball, you know, at Napoleon Park in New Orleans and shit. So. They were like, sir, sir, looked around like, whoa, what's happening? He said, what y'all doing out there? Sir, like, man, we just came out with a partner of mine and we um shopping, uh, uh you know, just shopping me a demo and shit. So uh, he was like, cool. So um, people were like, look, man, we got this thing going on, you know, and, um, you know, why don't you just, you know, just, you know, give us a listen, man. Peep us out, man. Come be part of this year. You know what I'm saying? So right. <clears throat> and then he asked but um. Man, you know the dude who did the beats on his CD because he must have stopped in New Orleans and bought a CD. And he asked, sir, man, you know the dude who, the dude who did the beats on his CD? And sir started laughing. And he was like, what's fucking funny? He was like, yeah, him right there. <laughs> you know what I'm so, oh, wow. um, yeah, so sir, was, he was like, well, look, man, we got this thing. I'm telling you, bro, it's about to be some big shit, bro. I'm telling you, bro. We want you to be part of it. And um, sir was like, uh, 
but shit, I'll come, but if my producer and DJ can't come with me, don't worry about it. So he looked at Serve, he looked at that CD, and he looked at me, fuck it, he could come. I ain't tripping. And so, you know, we got all settled in and we kicked it or whatever, and then when we went back home, you know, um, I was DJing in this club called Rumors. Right. And um, and Serve used to always come there with me. So when I when I went there, you know, he came down. And so he was like, man, boom, boom. he was talking. He said, man, when y'all want to come to California? And Serve was like, shit, whenever you ready. So he was like, what, what's up with you, DJ? What you going to do? I'm like, fuck it, I guess I'll go. Because I only took the trip because I've never been to California before. The West Coast, right. period. That's my first time. That's the only reason why I went. So when we finally got up there, this nigga had jackets for us with our name on it. Went to swap meets and got motherfucking jackets made and all of this shit, you know, and just like welcoming us to California. But it was a jacket with our name on it with no limit on the back of the bitch. You know what I'm saying? So uh, I'm, I'm peeping the shit out. I'm like, okay. So I saw what he was doing and I'm like, all right, shit is. Look like look like he, you know, he's doing something because you know shit. He he just put out um the West Coast Bad Boys, a little compilation he did, volume one. That shit did like motherfucking like two hundred thousand independently. Wow. And so the thing about it was another one of the reasons why I really started um you know what what kind of impressed me with him because we went to talk and he was bringing me around. All of these people that that I used to read it and people shit out like E40 and um you know at that time too you know that's when motherfucking EA Ski was popping. Right. They were like oh man, I was like man, I know EA Ski. He like and um he like for real and he brought me over there and I'm like, you know I'm buying all these niggas records and uh, I'm I'm starting to meet these people so I was like okay cool. So he brought me over over there by EA Ski and me EA Ski he just. And I was just asking him about the 3000 because he said he just got his. Because I was on an right. MP. <clears throat> the threes just came out and he had one. So we was yeah, on. I found with a 62 too. That's what, that was the first one I had. It was the MPC 62. Right. <clears throat> and um, he went to talking and, you know, I was talking to Ski and he was just running it down to me. Ski, Ski was cool as fuck too. So, and, you know, I was kind of impressed by that shit. So, um, you know, Damn we right. <laughs> and um, we around fucking L Eaton and E40 and you know what I'm saying and all of them boys from the Bay Area, like you know what I'm saying and Matt Rabbit Forte and all them niggas and I'm like, all right, cool. So and it was always around Christmas. So that time he came and asked us, um, y'all tripping on going home. And Serve was like, well, shit, man, if we could get some, you know, send something back to our, our, our family because we got kids, you know, if we're going to be up here for Christmas, we, I got to go back and do that shit. So he shot, he gave us some bread, and we shot it down there to him, and we wound up being up there for a whole year, nigga. Damn. Got that bread, though. Yeah. One thing about it, I, I, I CP has always had a level <clears> – <throat> of uh, just how he got down, man. Like, he his empowerment and how just how to get people involved. Like, I've never heard anything negative about that in that in that perspective about him. It's like, 
he made people feel good. Like I see how Snoop talk about how he brought Snoop out there with y'all and how he told him pick a house and it's just like wow, like that's that's always been his thing. So I you gotta respect that. There's so many people in the game just so full of shit, bro. Let me tell you something that was so fucking funny about Snoop, bro. <laughs> Snoop came to No Limit, right? First of all, it's my first session with him. So I'm already, I'm already like fucking tripping. Like, what the fuck am I gonna do with this nigga? Knowing how we make records and he coming from under Dre. That part. That part right there. <laughs> so I'm like, fuck. So this would really set the tone about how Snoop is probably one of the easiest niggas to work with, right? Because Snoop wants to be produced. Right. So I pulled up a beat, I put the motherfucker in, so I'm behind the board with Snoop in the booth, right? I mean, like five minutes went by and um, the beat just running. Then I stopped it, I rewinded a little bit. And I'm like, Snoop, what's the deal? You ready? Snoop was like, I never feel, I'm just waiting for you to tell me what to do. I'm like, God damn, is that easy? Wow. So I'm like, well, look, this way the beat is, you're gonna come in right this the hook part, and you're gonna come in right there. And when I told him that he just he just ran through that bitch, right? And ever since when we got the feel of working, and and that and that that's how that whole thing was. But the trip part about it, bro, is like when Snoop got in the comfort zone, right? And he started getting on like first of all, Pete told he called he called a meeting, my nigga. See, look, I'm just letting everybody know. Oh, y'all ain't getting on this motherfucking album, and he ain't getting on a lot of y'all albums. So I'm just letting y'all know. So everybody thought they were gonna have a verse from Snoop on this shit. That's right, automatically. Right, so uh, we was in, I think it was me, Snoop, and Soldier Slim. We was in the studio, right? And we up in there listening to a song that I produced that they're about to do called at the same time. And um, Snoop sitting down and Professor R.I.P. Rest of Soul tapped Snoop on the shoulder with an envelope. Snoop looked at the bitch, opened it up, and was like, like, what's this for? And they were like, man, didn't you rap on Mystical and such and such and such? He said, yeah, he said, that's that's for. They said, nigga, y'all get paid for rapping on each other records around here? Like, you fucking right. He said, man, we didn't do that shit at that row. Wow. I'm like, they was getting it, like, like it, it, was, it was like a 50 grand check, like, just from rapping on each other record, like if Snoop, like if Mystical dropped a record, whoever on No Limit rap on his record, they get paid for a feature. Gotta respect that, man. And then, and then it was like this too, like as producers, like, you know, we got paid for beats, advances, and then we also got paid as an engineer. So, so we actually, Pete, Pete took care of y'all around the board. Pete did his thing. You know, that, that's one thing that I can say when it came down to that part is for like, when it came down to the point of functioning with the, um, of, the, of the label running. Right. You know what I'm saying? Is that, you know, it was, it was pretty straight though. But it had its fuck ups too that were like, come on nigga, are you fucking serious? But one thing you got, you can look at it like this to where um, every artist 
I don't give a fuck if you was in a group, my nigga. Every artist that dropped the album got a house fully paid for, fully furnished, surveillance, got them a car, put money in their account. And um Bro, that's unheard of, man. You look you look at like groups like um Prime Sus Arcane and Abel, they twins, right? But they decide that now we just need one house. Well, I don't, I don't want my own house. We gonna stand this. We gonna share the same house. Yeah, and they were like four in a group, and each one of them got their own house. <clears throat> the shit you saying to me right now, KLC, real is like it's un unprecedented to me. I've never heard of any executive taking care of his people to that degree. Like real shit, because most of them are just so used to just taking the money that the, the artists don't know about they came in. You know what I'm saying? So it's like, instead of P just, you know what I'm saying? Even though he may not have gave y'all all of it, he still made sure everybody was straight. It was no stress about, ah, oh, man, I, I need to talk to P, man, because my, my, my mortgage due. Like, he knew all that shit make a Lord, difference. You know what I mean? Every house was paid for. Every house was paid for. Paid out off. No mortgage. Right. Fully furnished. And fully surveillance. Come on, bro. Like, that's, I got a whole nother, I already had mad respect for people. You know what I'm saying? I already had a whole lot of respect, but that right there just put him in a whole nother stratosphere for me. You know what I'm saying? Just because. Most dudes gonna play dumb. Most black execs, in my experience, gonna play straight dumb. You know what I'm saying? About the money. And make you have to Ask him about it, you know what I'm saying? Or right. like, yo, you know, I need this, I need that. Like P knew, he, he knew it what people needed in order to function because you can't do no music when you're stressing about rent. And you, you know what I'm saying? You stressing about car notes and shit. Like it's a different kind of, you know what I mean? Yeah. They had, had a lot. They they had they we we had they had this group like um the Gambino family, my nigga. These these dudes is still in high school. Going driving to school in Corvettes with Rolex watches on, man. We had they they was getting calls from the school and the principal like, these kids can't be coming to school with this shit on. Fuck they doing coming to school with a presidential Rolex. Fucking fucking teachers and the principal don't have this shit. I'm sorry, it's not our problem. You know what I'm saying? Right. But <laughs> but soldier soldier Slim was huge. Out y'all way though, right? Let me tell you something. I don't give a fuck. Wouldn't no nigga see. In the city of New Orleans, he is the biggest artist. The biggest artist. What's up with him now? Slim dead, man. Slim died. Shit, Slim was gunned down and murdered. Shit, let me like, shit, 15 years ago. Like, kind of, it, it's been over shit before Katrina. Katrina happened in 05. Always take the real ones, bro. Yeah. Let me tell you something. Slim the type of nigga to where if you had a problem with Slim, if you was right or wrong, it didn't matter. If you had a problem with Slim, the city had a problem with you. He ain't gonna fuck if it was right or wrong. I don't care what you say. You see how California just can't lock, let pop go? Uh-huh. That's how Slim is here. The exact same way. 
the uh, exact same way. Nigga, they they not let that shit die. You know, you you could have your 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 um the thing about who like who's the best rapper as for like you got mystical, you got Wayne, you got Juvenile, you got Fiend, you got all of these rappers from the city, from New Orleans. But when you say what rapper owns the city, Soldier Slum. That's Slum. <clears throat> so and the so the so he was gunned down by other New Orleans people. Yeah. People from here. And the thing about it, he was leaving to get ready to go do a show, my nigga. He was killed in his own house? In front of his, as a matter of fact, he was killed in front of the house he just bought his mama. Wow. Because <clears throat> Slim was like, man, fuck that. I don't want no house. Man, look, I need to get this house for my mama, my nigga. So the house that he was going to get, he bought it and gave it to his mama. So that's crazy, bro. So I, I got to go back and do my due diligence on, on, on Soldier Slim, just just cause, just just on GP. But around this time, where did you have your sights on producing anybody outside the camp? Man, let me tell you something, my nigga. I was willing to produce with anybody, and I think I think like there was a problem with No Limit as far as based on the producers until after we left. But during the time of No Limit, we didn't have the chance to do nothing for nobody else. Just think about this here. Just think about it like this here. You know as a producer, what, when you're working on an album, which with an artist, once that album is done, you may not have to see them to next year too whenever they want to do another one. Right. So <clears throat> when you dropping two albums a month for a year with 20 plus songs on every album, you don't have the time. We had five niggas and beats by the pound, bro. So just think about this here. Whoever album we working on and whoever the producer at the end of that album closing it out, the other ones had already started on the next project. And the, and the crazy thing is, that was one of my dreams, was to feel like you felt right there, how Manny Fresh felt, how RZA felt. Like, you didn't have to go outside. You know what I'm saying? Right. But I just know just as a fan of music, I know you wanted to get with somebody else. And you like that you had, you liked what they was doing, you really wanted to lock in if you could, you know what I'm saying? Now, I thought I thought that dream was about to happen until it got fucked up, bro. But this was this was after we left No Limit, though. So I finally was able. To, I had the opportunity to work with one of my 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 all time favorite artists, which is DMX, right? Uh oh. So <coughs> I'm gonna tell you the story. Fiend sound with Rough Rider. So when, signed, so when Fiend signed with Rough Rider, I sent some beats up there to him with him. And he was like, um, yeah, y'all send me some shit for Jada kiss. And I'm like, cool. So I sent some beats for Jada. 
and he he heard one that I did, and he was like, "Boy, this motherfucker is nice." But the only fucked up thing about it was he was closing out his album, and they didn't have the internet, and he wanted to make changes to the beat just to a certain part. So we fed X and the shit back and forth until it got too late. But in the midst of that, they were like, man, you got to make some shit like this for X. So I'm like, for real? I'm like, yeah, bro, X need, X need this kind of shit. They were like, X need this kind of shit. I'm like, man, I, me make some shit for DMX? And I'm like, yeah. I'm like, cool. That's when I made Move Bitch. That was his beat. The ludicrous in that way. Move Bitch was a beat that I made for DMX. Who knew? Who knew? Right. But the thing about it was, by us going back and forth with the, the shit with, with um, the Jadakiss beat, and then it didn't happen, <clears throat> I just didn't send it because I thought they really didn't have an interest in it no more. I ain't gonna lie, bro. To, to be in your position, though. To be in your position. Just imagine me, though, for a second. I'm, I've been the Lone Ranger my entire career. You know what I'm saying? I've never been a part of a family like that. You know what I'm saying? So I had to fight for scraps everywhere I went. Like, you know, people don't want me to come. You know, really wasn't welcome around a lot of places. But I had to get in there and fight for scraps. So I always wanted to be a part of something like that you were a part of, you know what I'm saying? I right. felt like that was that was always the way to go. I just could never find that situation. Well, so, I look at it like this, though, Bing. I look at it from, from my perspective to where like, nigga, look at the people that you work with, though. You would have never had that chance to if you was in my position or fresh position. Right. For, look, for every band, there's a disadvantage. You know what I'm saying? Right. So, I get it. But just looking at, you know, in hindsight, it would have felt better to be able to tell somebody, you know what, bro? I ain't, I ain't really got time to work with you right now. I got to finish my albums over here first. I've never been able to say that. That's something that you had the pleasure. And it's a, and it's a, it's a blessing to curse with that because you would have wanted to go fuck with Jay or Nas or whoever, you know what I'm saying? Like, right. It, it, you know what I mean? So it's like, it, it, it's, it's, like I said, it's a blessing and a curse. Right, right, right. It's, it, it, right, it's, it's a blessing and a curse. Yeah. But you know what's so fucked up about it, though? When I was on No Limit, motherfucker was calling, though. Of course they were. This nigga was like, he was like, I'll be, man, ain't no nigga getting this sound. Nobody. This all my shit. Because you got to understand this here, going back to the Bay, right? He was getting rejected rejected beats to where I put it like this here. When I went up there and all of these producers, they're working with niggas with budgets like E-40, Spice One, you know what I'm saying? All of these niggas had two short. All of them were signed to a deal. And it's ironic, they all were fucking jive records. But the point is, they had budgets. So before they would give Pete the go-to shit, he have the way to see that whatever they he gave them the pick of the litter first. Uh, we got to make sure these niggas with these budgets eat because whatever Pete was paying them is nowhere near. 
than what we getting from these niggas. <clears throat> so when I first got with P, and the first song we did when we did we did Bowdy was the first song I did with that nigga. So, so when he when we did that record, he was like, I got my own sound and I got my own niggas to make my own beats. That was the great. That's probably if you ask him, that was probably when he really felt he got it. like it's it's on. Like that right there, the light came on. Like yo, I'm out of here. I got no, all no, the elements no. I need. No, because I'm gonna tell you why. When I got with him, the album that it was on was done already. We only did that song just so I can have a beat on the album. He's not used to rapping on this kind of shit. He had like you know the the Bay Area, you know that uh that Bay Area sound. So when I did Bout It, he was like, because first of all, Bout It was a song that I did for Serve on called Bucket Like a Winchester that was written by Serve and his dude Howness on No Limit. So when Pete came to New Orleans, he wanted to do a radio, a 30 second radio commercial for Wild Wayne, the, the radio, radio personnel dude in New Orleans. And he's a big dude, you know, he, he, you know, he big for the city on radio. And, um, so when Pete came to do it, we did it in my basement. I did that whole beat in the ASR. That's all ASR 10 factory sounds, my nigga. So I didn't have a full track or no recorder. I only had a DAP machine. So I had a booth built in my grandmother's basement. So he got in the booth, and I said, once I hit play, and hit once I hit record and play on, uh, and you hit a beat, you just got to run it. Right. All that shit was like, the commercial was like one take, right? Do the commercial for Wild Wayne, it got hot. And, um, you know, the body thing became a big issue in the city, which they already had a group called UNLV that Manny produced called, had a song called I'm About It first. But there was like two different types of songs, though, because Manny was, was kind of bounced, but I was, you know, the, the, the body that I did is kind of had that West Coast vibe. So, but anyway, right. So the thing about it was when he did it and, and, it, and it got kind of catchy in the city, he took it back to California and got me back up there because I was back and forth because I was going through some court shit. And we recorded the entire song. He made it a, a whole song in California. <coughs> so P not from New Orleans? Yeah, P from New Orleans. P, P Ben left New Orleans. P, P brother was killed. And I think, um, he, they moved up there in, in the Bay Area from New Orleans. So um, once we recorded, when, once I got up there, the album was done. He was like, well, shit, man, let's get a song done with KL. So we took the body record and recorded that. And he made a whole song out that bitch and put me on it. And once we dropped that first TRU album, the very first one, because it's two versions about it. But the very first one was the TRU where we're um, getting cut across the chest. And that was like, you know, they thought, you know, some gang shit. But when we did that record and it was on the album, that was the one that took off. That's when he had the light bulb exactly what you said, nigga, now nah, I got my own shit. I got my own producers, me and Moby Dick. And, um, cause Moby Dick did a song called Fuck Them Hoes. And those became the two popular records on that album. But Body was the gold record, though. So make it say, uh. 
where that just where that where that jump from? Make him say on oh, with third soldier record. And what was so fucking funny about that shit? This about P did some low down shit, my nigga. This motherfucker <laughs> like he heard the beat, right? He heard the beat while we was working on serve record, like man, fuck, man, serve album done, man. So everything now, man, we need to just start, you know, wrapping it up. And um and start going on to the next project. And so um we started working. And it was that was me an idea. But man, P P P P P didn't know nothing about the motherfucking uh um you know funk box. Right. Right. So that was me an idea, cause you know P had that uh shit going, that was his thing. So it got to the point where it got popular, the niggas started making fun of it, like man, this nigga sound like you on the toilet shitting and this and that. Right. <laughs> so it was me an idea. <laughs> It was mere idea to where, man, we need to clean and fix this shit up to where they don't be, you know, make a mockery or about this kind of shit. So the phone box record was right down the cut, my nigga. Like, it was perfect. Now, this is called the phone box. Ah, this is how it played. Right. Oh, my God. Classic. And that's, and that's where anything about it, you know, that's where the horns come from. Boom, ho, boom. Yeah. Right. And I just sampling them bitches. Bam, 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 ho. I got sued for that shit, man. Absolutely got sued for that. Would you but I got sued. Listen, I got sued for the hole for that part. But not the horn. Like not the horns. They didn't even catch the horn. One thing about it, we didn't get sued. They heard it and we just worked it out. Type shit. Because, you know, Cause like, so, you know I, I've heard some of the goofiest shit about sampling. Hey, man, ain't it true that you can sample oh, three seconds without having to pay? No, nigga. If they know it came right. off the master, they're going to take your ass to the rack, period. Right. Right. Let's talk about But they, they didn't they didn't sue me for the, um. Well, it wasn't a horn. It was just like the whole part. But, oh, that part there, like, okay, my vocals on this record. That happened what to me on the Ross. That, that happened to me on the Ross album. With the uh, Mafia Music Three, I thought I had some breakbeat Jamaican dude. You know how they how they like dudes be scratching with different vocals coming in a little sound. So I'm just thinking right. some, you know, I, he said something like two seconds of that jumped out the bushes on me. I want fifteen thousand. I'm like, what? What? Had to what? get to him. Had to get to him, bro. They took my back end for that shit. God damn. Crazy. Well, just, just look, I read some shit about Breed, but for Fabulous, what Blaze produced, they took 100% of the publish and all that. Bro, 21 questions, they took 100%. And that's three notes. Beep, beep, beep. Really? Absolutely. Barry White don't play. God damn. Yeah, we would have bought a guitar player in so fast and played bam, bam, and changed the key to beep, beep. The other, some other something. We would have changed it to something, but it was the same rhythm. Damn. I would have never said nothing. Yeah, he took all that. All so of it? All of it, bro. Took that. Let me get that. That's Barry, though. That's what Barry usually do. So you say this shit. Get ready. That motherfucker Barry and Isaac Hayes, man, they got to be the most. Because you know what it is with them, too, is that they use everything that I use to make it work. But yeah, I get it from them. Man, look, when I make a beat, you give me some horns, 
strings and pianos, I'm good. Anything else, it's just gonna play its part. But the thing is, and, and, and I'm glad you said that because me and you both have a liking for horns and pianos and stuff, but we still don't sound anything remotely alike. So I'll be, right. you know, I, I try to tell people all the, all the time, like, listen, bro, like, we all got the same records. We all got the same instruments, but we all got different formulas, allegedly. You know what I'm saying? So right. this is what makes us sound different because of what we're doing with it. We all using the same elements, but we, you know, we, we mixing it up different because I love horns. You know what I'm saying? Right. You love horns, but what you doing with them, I would have never done what you did with that. Ever. Exactly. Because I, I don't hear that. In order for me to hear that, I would have to actually try to say, okay, what would KLC do? Type shit, you know what I'm saying? Like, right. do, and do that. But I'm glad you brought that up because we both love horns and pianos, bro. Now I'm glad Thank you heard you. that. I had to tell this to a dude. I was like, what y'all got to understand, I'm like, dude, you know how many people have the same, the same equipment that I have? I'm like, what you got to understand is this here. If you don't think how I think to be creative or make a beat, I can make the same shit I'm making that on the shit that you don't want. Type shit. You know what I'm saying? So, and that'd be, that'd be the whole point about a lot of people because the difference is it, it's, it's this new era of, of producers now. I told the dude, I said, man, if y'all niggas was to take time and learn how shit was done and apply it to how y'all do it now, I'm like, nigga, we didn't have these. We didn't have the privilege to have access to the shit that y'all have. Nigga, we actually had to go. I said, that's why niggas, like old school niggas, old school producers, I'm like, with these youngsters, I'm like, man, if y'all just sit up here and learn how things was done then and apply it to what y'all do now, I'm like, y'all be some bad. If you think you bad now, like, nigga, we, we didn't have, if we didn't have the privilege of the, the shit that y'all have now, man, I'm like, nigga, y'all have sound packs. I'm like, nigga. That sound pack shit that y'all got, nigga, we had to actually, we have to had to go make that shit. I'm like, nigga, y'all don't know what it's like to go spend, <coughs> you know, on exclusive records, spend a fucking 20 to 30 to $100 on a record and probably don't get nothing but a hi-hat out that bitch. Type shit. Right. <clears throat> Type shit. I got records, man. That, you know, and first of all, it, every city I went in, whoever I worked with, it was always the record store first and then the studio. It was always that for me. So I always went digging early before a session started and then coming there probably about, I buy probably about 10 to 20 records. Depending on how much shit in there, you know what I'm saying? But you know, it take a long time to get that kind of records. Like you, you know, you hand picking shit, like you're not really just grabbing random shit. So it's like, it take a long time to get 20 records. But you get back to the studio and listen to records for two hours and don't find shit. That's the worst feeling ever, yo. Right. I mean, when I say you don't find nothing, that you don't find nothing, bro. And that be the whole point, you know, of like, and you like, fuck. But you know what? And then it, it even got to the point to where some of the records, I found something probably a little bit later. Like, probably without what I was expecting to get from it. Right. Wasn't there. But Later on down, you probably heard that record again. Be like, God damn, why in the fuck I let this thought pass me? Because of who you're working with at the time, it didn't fit them. So you just straight didn't even 
be able to listen, you know what I'm saying? Because who you was listening for. Then you get work with somebody else and you go back to that same regular, oh, he could, he could actually rock with this. This artist could, you know what I'm saying? So that's why I still always listen to my records more than once. I got to. Because who I'm working with is going to dictate what I'm looking for. Right. I know, look, I know you've been the time you've been listening to a record in the headphones and the, the sample's so hot, you don't want to get to them, you start looking around the room, turn that shit down like, <laughs> I don't get this shit right. He don't deserve this right here. Let me tell you something. Let me tell you, let me tell you a funny ass story, right? When I first started um, DJing from Mexico, right? That Mystical Fever record? Yeah. He coming out the gate with that bitch. That's the first, like when he hit the stage, that's the first song he's doing, nigga. Out the gate. No intro. He like, man, run that motherfucker, bro. Let me tell you something, bro. That was one. Well, he really didn't work with a lot of producers other than Beast by the Pond. He worked with uh Sice, the dude who made a um who made Hey I Go for him. Um <clears throat> you and the Neptunes. He really and really that's it. He really never worked with other niggas, bro. Right. And, that, and I felt like you felt when you worked with Snoop, when I worked with him, like, what the fuck am I going to do with this nigga? Right. You know what I'm saying? Because I'm a fish out of water with this one. You know what I'm saying? So I'm like, yo, I got to figure this out. And that's what we ended up coming up with. That was, that was one of his records that he literally wrapped his ass off, my nigga. Nuts. And then when they put it in that movie, remember that was the, the um, the two twins the Chinese were fighting. Dude. The Chinese yeah, dude. Yeah, um, exactly. <clears throat> got his name. Jet Li. Was it Jet Li? It was Jet Li, the main fight scene when he was fighting those twin brothers. Nigga, let me tell you something. When that motherfucker hit the stage with that bitch, it's like, I don't know if this nigga drunk 10 Red Bulls or what. <laughs> <laughs> Bro. <laughs> I would love bro. to see it. I would love to see it, bro. I've never seen him perform that record in my life. Never? Ever. Oh, my nigga. First of all, you got to think about this here. He always, when he perform, if he not closing, he closer to the bottom. The biggest whole fans, he, he got to have probably one of the biggest whole fans of all rappers. Right. Bro, let me tell you something, my nigga. When they announced him, because first of all, when he performed, it'd be all hoes up front, all women up front of the stage. Bro, that adrenaline. And then <clears throat> when that record came on, it took it from here to here. Because what people don't understand about Mystical is this here. He loved to be challenged on records, my nigga. Right. That record that, that that was probably one of the, the the rare other than the one he did one called um Mystical Fever. He did the one that you did and he did the one with Outcast. Like those probably like the only three records that at that tempo he right. rapped like. And every last one of them he did like that, 
He left nothing left on. He he ain't leave nothing on the beat, nigga. That's why I say he ain't leave nothing left on. He cleaned that chicken, <laughs> that chicken leg. That joke was shining. But that nigga, like, he like, man, can you want to stink that bitch? Well, what's the, um, did y'all ever, uh, cash money that y'all ever think about ever doing something together or that just was never thought? Man, let me tell you about that, the cash money thing. Whatever was going on with cash money, it was about baby and Pete. Right. When you look at the artist, nigga, we all came up together. The, the club I was telling you about, me and Manny DJ in the club together. Before Cash Money, before No Limit, me and Manny used to share sounds. As a matter of fact, Manny was producing these two local females that was beefing each other. And he produced both of the disc records from each other. <laughs> he sound like American. Bruh. So one American time he was up in there working and I left my 808 in that bitch. And he was like, boy, a nigga left his eight in this bitch. I'm not giving it back. But when he found out it was mine, so he was like, that's KL shit. This nigga probably produced at least nine records in the time of me leaving that machine in that bitch. He said, KL, I wasn't going to get that bitch back. When they told me it was your shit, I like, go, okay. I'm like, oh, you jiving this motherfucker, boy. So, yo. But uh, but as far as far as no limited cash money, look, you gotta look at it like this here. Soldier Slim, no limit. Then you got Turk and Juvenile, Magnolia. They all from the Magnolia project. They've been knowing each other. Fiend, Lil Wayne from the 17th, Holly Grove, both of them. I mean they're on each other. Right. Me and baby play sand like football and went to middle school together, nigga. Me and baby like this, my we, we, we close, we tight, we close as fuck. Right. You know what I'm saying? <clears throat> right. But it was more of, and, and baby pretty much represented the Magnolia and people from the Calio. Cause baby ran with a lot of niggas out the Magnolia. So it was the niggas from out the project that was about that life, I guess, was that was the problem. And you gotta understand like the Magnolia and the Calio, man, this shit is probably, if you feel like taking a good 10, 15 minute walk, so you know a drive is fast. That's how close the, the projects are. I'm gonna tell you, <clears throat> Dino, Dino DeValle, remember him? <laughs> hold on, hold on. It's just the fact that you say that name, something just came to mind about what Skull Dubber used to always say, because him and Dino was close too, and he said, Man, make sure you get my demo to Dino. Bro, I used to be laughing out fucking ass off about that shit. But now, now I didn't know about Dino. I met him twice. At the time, bro, I was, uh, that's when I was down with Lost Boys. So I was spending a lot of time at Universal. So right. uh, I knew Dino from Universal. So he used to pull me in his office every so often and, and, and play me records. So he pulled me in his office and played me juvenile shit. The, um, He's my jib, if it's a block on fire, you ain't what it is. To the moon, right. you that joint, right? First joint. So I just remember hearing the beat, and I was like, I'm a, you know, I'm a soul dude. So it right. was an adjustment. But I'm like, yo, I ain't really like the verse part of the beat, 
I say, but that hook was just so infectious. Right. When it came on, but the way he was doing his verse made me want to learn it. So you want right. to get it, huh? You want to get it, man, huh? So, yeah, huh? Like, I just remember Dino playing that for me before he signed it and asked him what I thought. I say, bro, dude is different. Like, I say, I, I, it, it's, it's making me want to listen. Right. It's not really my thing, but I respect somebody with their own thing. You know what I'm saying? So I was right. like, yo, he got it. You know what I'm saying? And he told me that later on after he had signed them, he put them to the side like that and just shot the video for it. I don't know if he's lying or not, but he told me that the projects that they shot it in, that the, it was so poor out there that they had police horses out there. He said when the police horses were shit, the stray dogs would eat the horse shit. That's the Magnolia. Wherever they shot that video at, he said they had the police out there on horses. That was a magnolia. I'm going to tell, tell you something that a lot of people don't know, my nigga. I remember me and Manning was talking. You know, we always share No Limit Cash Money stories. Right. And, um, I remember one time, Baby and P was in my basement together talking and baby was about to go through no limit through priority for distribution. Manny told him, fuck that, we're gonna do this shit ourselves. And that's probably why that shit didn't happen. Because we right. did down a hustler. Now I think when he was putting it together, he was just down there getting anybody that was from New Orleans or whatever and just gonna put them on the project. And I know I remember him and Baby talking because I never forget the bouted beat. As a matter of fact, I was in the studio. I was in my I was in my basement because in my basement that was the hub. Any nigga that ever rap <clears throat> that had success pretty much came through that basement. Right. Juvie's always be at my house because at that time I was the only person with DJ equipment had a studio, you know what I'm saying? And we had our own record company. Us and this other group, Full Pack, my partner. But it was me, I had Soldier Slim, Magnolia Slim at the time, and as artist, I had Six Shot. P came up and there was C, Silk, and if I'm not mistaken, there was his cousin T, and probably King George. Baby came up and there with him and Skull Duggery. <laughs> Him and who? Skull Duggery. Who's that? <clears throat> Skull Duggery is an artist, and he Skull Duggery is on No Limit. He was he wound up being on No Limit. He did he had this big song called "Where You're From," um, on No Limit. But I remember we all was in my grandmother's basement, and everybody was freestyling off the body beat, my nigga. And I remember after that, we we went outside, the sun went down, and I remember at the foot of my mom and my grandmother's driveway, Baby and P was literally talking as fucking friends, nigga, like, you know, whatever we could do to help each other. If you need me, I got you. If you need me, I got you. Boom, 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 boom. The way it went from there, 
And to this day, like, if you ask the artist, they don't know where all this shit come from. You have, you have two companies from out the same world that know each, each, everybody on the label know each other, but for some reason don't want to fuck with each other. <clears throat> Tell you, boy, that, <clears throat> that, that, whatever that is, you know, it's just, we, 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 we embody that shit. You know what I'm saying? In 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 the just the black culture, it's like almost to the point where people don't want to share the light with each other. Like somebody gotta be number one. It's like, no, you don't. Right. The numbers gonna reflect that anyway. But let's just do whatever right. we can do to help each other. Cause it's gonna be the people the people pick the champ. We don't pick we can't pick ourselves. Right. You know what I mean? Right. But it's for some reason, you know, it has some producers, you know, like that too. Like they did everything in their power to, to, to talk down about you or, or try to just leave you out, because they felt like that was gonna take from their shine. It was just like I, I never understood that. Right, but it, it, it's like this here though, bro. But even, even through that whole situation about no limited cash money, bro, you gotta look at it like this here. <clears throat> it never affected the artists, because every time we. Me and Frey see each other, or me and Juvie, or this and this. They were like, man, I don't know. We were like, man, fuck it. We just going about our business and have our fun while we, while we hanging together, my nigga. But for, for some reason, you know, it's like, it's like, you know, <clears throat> it's to a point the way where niggas mad at, you, at each other, but don't know why. At all. Can't put a finger on it. You know what I'm saying? That's why I right. tell people, if you got a beef, that you can't put a finger on, you ain't got no beef. Right. You don't have no beef. You can't sit here and tell me a one isolated incident that put you where you at. Everybody on some bullshit. Right. Everybody. You know what I'm saying? Right. You can't even tell me what, tell me what I did. Let me try to apologize or at least speak my piece, but they can't even give it to you. You know what I'm saying? It, it had to be more of an ego situation. Cause one thing, one thing is like that. Um, baby, do always acknowledge that P opened the door for the city. He did, he he always acknowledged that shit, you know. But it, it's to a point to where like even like um, they surpassed it to where you know that that whole situation to where they both acknowledge each other now. You know what I'm saying? So. You know, it, it, it's more like this type of shit that should have been happening when both labels was at its peak. You know what I'm saying? But for some reason, you know, everybody want to be the king king of something that they don't own. You know, and he always, it's always like, even, even like you look at it like, like, at no limit, as much good was there they had a lot of fucked up shit happened too that's why the label fell apart you know what i'm saying yeah and, <clears throat> just imagine the power they would have had together though bro just think if they would have toured that's what i'm trying to say just imagine the power if they were a, a, a unit bro like even to this day since everybody doing all like rock the bells type of shit it would be great to do it right now no limit cash money tour. Right. 
Like right now. But, you want, but the trip on the body, you want to know something to where I can do a fucking album with all of the artists. Like all of them. All of them. Like, like we that good. We we that close, my nigga. You know what I'm saying? And um you know, the whole point is like, it, 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 it's, and you're right, it can happen, but it's, a, it, it, it's, it's like right now, bro, to where um, the way shit going on right now, because one thing that I noticed is that these old, these old school tours is killing shit, my nigga. Body, I mean, like, they are killing shit off top. That's why I'm like, the power is still there. You know what I'm saying? A no limit cash money tour. We're going to put it out in the atmosphere just with this conversation. You know what I'm saying? Because it's just unfortunate, man. You know, when you see stuff like what happened in Nip, it's all these other people, man. It's like, we just got so much bullshit that's underneath the surface for no reason. You know what I'm saying? So it's like, bro, like this is exactly what corporate America wants to keep us apart. But if we came together, like, the force, the force of that is just like wow, like wow, man. It's like you look at it to a point like right now, bro. Like I, I, I sit back and try to think about when, when in the fuck did we lose hip hop? Were, were we bought out? Were the heads bought out of power? I mean, I think the the big issue with blacks, period is that we don't have solidarity. So we always gonna pick the bag over solidarity. Right. You see what I'm saying? Like corporate America know they can get this dude a bag that's gonna keep y'all separate. Right. Just keep feeding that right. bullshit. I'm gonna keep funding this bullshit over here to keep them in power. Cause I know they gonna keep the bullshit going. You know what I mean? But if we could just look past that and just be like, yo, get out of here, man, we good. Oh my God! I look at it like right now to where like like um it's just so funny, bro. That the way the way hip hop is right now is to where um what's bad about it is just yeah no this this to me this is this is how bad it is. Right now at the stage of rap, it makes me appreciate the bullshit, what we call bullshit back then. Right. I get it. That's how bad it is. Because even, even when back then, when it was to the point to where it was bad, it was still an effort being made and making that bullshit. Because it's like, like this year. When, when when niggas come up to me and want to buy some beats or come up to me about working and they hit me, yeah, man, I'm gonna try this rap shit. Just the fact that you saying you want to try this rap shit, you don't take it serious. So it's like, right, right, right. So <laughs> it's to the point to where like even back then when we were being fucked over with bootlegging and all of that. <clears throat> back then you still had to spend money. What makes it so bad, nigga don't have to spend money. They don't have they don't take losses in this. If they want to beat, they'll go online and strip somebody from on this 
plot the counter, just download some beats and rap on the bitches and boom. <clears throat> Back then with us, nigga, I don't give a fuck what it was. You had to spend money in some form of way. You had to, to weigh, if you was bootlegging, you had to buy blank CDs, you had to buy sleeves. If you didn't have your, you had to buy a CD burner, or you had to pay somebody to burn them for you. Listen, and this is the part of the game that you missed out on because you was with No Limit. Now, when I used to do sessions at Battery, Sony, Hit Battery, all that shit, I would sell five or six more beats while I'm at the studio because such and such is in B, such and such is in D, somebody down in E. We see each right. other in the hallway like, yo, you here? Yeah, come see me. Come downstairs. I'll come downstairs, press play. Boom, he take two. Boom, over here. Yo, you want to see? Yeah, we'll come through and see in a minute. Go over there and roll on with them. You know what I'm saying? He picked three. So it was like, that's the part of the game I miss. You know what right. I mean? I miss that so much. You know what I'm saying? Because people was about their business. And if you were in the studio, that means everybody got their first half already. You right. wouldn't even be here if you didn't have your first half of your money. Everybody right. in here has been paid half their bread, and we cool. Right. You know what I'm saying? It's, that's, now it's mm -hmm. just like, the integrity of the music has been sucked out, and right. the and the and the business side has just been so distorted, bro. That people like ourselves, who are actually trying to do the right business, the right protocol of business, are looked upon as if we being extra. Right, 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 right. You know what I'm and saying? It, like, it's crazy. It, it, it's to what, like, um, like I said, they didn't strip the value. Of hip hop, you know, like I had to, I had to tell it to one time, like my nigga, you in the studio that I have to pay that I'm I'm leasing out this building that I have to pay the lights. If any of this equipment break, I have to pay for that shit to get fixed. All this equipment, I pay for that. Right. Hardware gear, nigga. This that drum part. machine was like twenty eight hundred dollars. Not talking about the rest of that shit. And even if it's to the point to where I say, okay, nigga, if you dope, I'll give you the beat, but pay for the studio time. Oh, man, I can bring it by my boy. But nah, what the fuck am I going to give you something to bring by somebody? I'm going to benefit. You want to pay for something. I recognize that you got some talent, my nigga. But you even trying to get to the point to where you don't even pay for studio time? Because, Bink, I'm going to honestly tell you, there are some niggas that I met to where... It was the approach. The approach to me was good, and then it was pretty nice. I'm like, just swing by there, you know. I'll, I'll do something with you. You know what I'm saying? Right. But it's like, man, it's like these motherfuckers. Nah, they just said like this. This shit is terrible right now. Like all of the dopest niggas are the brokest niggas, my nigga, because all of this bullshit that they have out there. <laughs> Bro, all the. All the brokest niggas are the dopest niggas. <laughs> All of the dopest niggas are the brokest Bars. niggas. Bars. And it's factual though, bro. It's the truth. Bro, I told I tell people all the time, I say, listen, bro, you can pick a new producer right now <clears throat> that has a hundred million clicks on Instagram, I mean on Spotify, you name it, and he ain't got 20 grand in the bank. Guaranteed. He ain't been paid for the beat. Guaranteed. You know what I'm saying? So it's like, right. I, I try to tell young boys all the time, say, listen, bro, if you ask somebody what's the business and they get to know it, get out of there. 
that that should tell you everything you need to know. If you ask them who right. what's the business? And they'd be like, Yo, I'm saying, my dude, yeah, we, yeah, we just trying to Oh yeah, I'm gone. I'm out. I gotta tell you the story, bro. They had this all oh, this happened to me twice. Like I was cool with like these little niggas, like these dudes that started a label, right? And so they um used to come over there with their little artists and shit. And it just like this one time he came over there and he had to go make them run. So I'm the type of motherfucker, like if I'm working with you, I'm gonna shoot some game to you. So he wanted to, it, it wasn't like he was asking me questions. You could tell that he was green at it. So nice. as I'm working with him, I'm just telling him about this, 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 and this, and this, and this. You know, it's just me just shooting games to the little niggas while I'm, you know, just helping them get their business shit together. <clears throat> See when they left and went back, I guess, and hollered at the CEO and they wanted to bring up all the shit that I was telling them. I ain't see the I ain't see the little dude since twice. Two of them. It's like they see you like, nigga, where the fuck you hearing this shit from? We gonna go somewhere else to record. Yeah, you can't. Good luck with that. Right. Good luck with that because you you can't get down like that over here. So I don't give two shits what they do for you every time across town. Get what you pay for, champ. You know what I mean? So we, right. we over here, we got Gucci over here. You know what I'm saying? You you trying to get some goddamn um some uh not even rocking with what's what's the other shit called? Some Oshkosh. You trying to get some ice guys from us, like nigga. We sell Gucci, nigga. We don't right. sell this bullshit, South Pole shit, nigga. You, you go over there and get that South Pole shit, bro. That nigga say South Pole. <laughs> go and get that oh, South Pole oh, shit, oh. bro. That South Pole. Yeah, fucking right. It's like, listen, man. Have the audacity to know your worth, bro. That's all I try to instill in these kids, bro. Once you realize you the dope, everything changes, bro. Everything changes. And that's the problem with these kids. They so busy. Like Zaytoven, for instance. He's always preaching that if you're trying to get on, you need to give your beats away. If you're trying to get on, man, kill yourself. Never. No. Never. This shit worth something. I don't give a fuck. 300, 500, whatever the fuck. It's worth something. <clears throat> and if you think I'm supposed to give it to you, fuck you. I'm cool with that. I get the fuck up from this table and keep it pushing. But that's what these kids don't want to do. They don't know how to say, you know what, this ain't a good deal, bro. You know, I can't do it. You know what I'm saying? Nice meeting you, and we out. It's only to a certain part the way. Okay, just put it like this here. You was blessed enough to at least work and sit down and work with Nipsey. So if Nipsey was like, well, um, Bink, leave me a few, that's worth leaving. Absolutely. He's earned that trust and respect from me. Right. Right. So I, you know what I'm saying? I rock with him in that way. I, I would ask, first of all, Nipsey <clears throat> is the only person in my career, bro, that made me feel that appreciated. In my career. That's including everybody. He's the only dude that came to me and said what he said to me, like, yo, you know, your sound is what I'm actually trying to attain. Like, I know it comes from you. Like, if you can come over here and help me out any, you know, any kind of way you can, I'd be greatly appreciated. And he flew me out there, put me up, and, you know, he took care of me. You know what I'm saying? So it's like, that never happened. It's like most, you know, of these artists feel like, you know, you should be glad they want to work with you. It's like, kill yourself, bro. I'm cool. 
You know what I'm saying? So how the Compton how thing happen? Huh? How the Compton thing happen? With Drake? Yeah. Um, I've been knowing Drake, you know, because of the exhibit, you know, affiliation, corrupt. Right, they right, right. You know what I'm saying? So I've always been around. You know what I'm saying? So it's just like he took a liking to me as well because he know I ain't got no cut card. You know what I'm saying? I'm going to keep it real with him. If he asked me if I like something that he did, I'm going to tell him, yes, I do. If I don't like it, I'm going to say I don't like it. Whereas most people are too scared to tell Dre they not they don't like it. And it's like <clears> that's, <throat> not, that's not being a man. You know what I'm saying? I'm right. always, you know, I'm always conscious of trying to be a man first or produce a second. You know what I'm saying? So right. that's why I think dudes rock with me the way they do because I can't, I can't lie. You know what I'm saying? It's on my face. My face tells everything. My face tells right. the story. You know what I'm saying? I can't even hide it. Before I even come with my mouth, my face told you something and I can't even find right. it. So it's like, I'm going right. to just get it because my face is ball up and be like, no, that shit cool. And you're like, no, man, your face, yeah, yeah, you lying, nigga. Your face said you was disgusted first. <laughs> so, you know. Right, 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 right. <clears throat> what made you leave No Limit? What was the breaking point? The what? What was your breaking point for leaving, just leaving No Limit? Well, we had opportunities to work this shit out, bro. I'm going to bullshit you. And um, I'm going to take it back, take it back from the meeting that we had. We went in a meeting, right? And um, to discuss because we was given contracts for the first time, this like in 99. You got to think about from 2000, I mean, from um, 90, when I got started dealing with him from like, I met him in 94. And I started kind of working with him in 95. Now, from 95 to the beginning of 99, we weren't even thinking about having no contracts thrown our way. But I got to the, it got to the point to where I think um, Priority wanted to buy the company from him for like $250 million. And then it was going to give him $10 million a year to run it. But Beats by the Pound had to be signed. We was given contracts. The contracts wasn't beneficial to us, so we didn't sign them. Type shit. And the thing about it was, we had a meeting to discuss it. And so, we waited for at least fucking four hours because we come to find out I think he was in California or you know and it was around the time to where he started pursuing his NBA career right. that was one of the biggest points so he wasn't there so the whole time the whole time we waited, he finally got on the phone and the conversation was like nine seconds, man. He was like, everybody there? Like, yeah, he said, look, if they ain't gonna sign a contract, tell them fuck them and get the fuck out of my face. So we got the fuck up and got the fuck out of his face and his office. And <laughs> it's like that. Yeah. So I, I don't know, 
I don't know what he thought the answer was going to be, but he started working on a, on an album, and he called me up, but he didn't want the rest. He just wanted me and Craig B. And so, yeah, he called me and said, look, nigga, I'm working on the album, man. You're going to be part of this or what? There's so mad coming to my house. So I called the rest of the pound up. The nigga want us to come to his house. So when we got there, he let us listen to his stuff, and they were like, okay, it ain't us, but, you know, but he was like, man, look, and he, 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 he was truthfully and spoke about how he felt about each one of us. Like, oh, that's how it is? I'm like, okay, well, you know what? Shit. I ain't worried about it, my nigga. But he always tried to reach out to me by myself without the others. But regardless of what I've done, you know, like the name Beast by the Pine, when we left, he started producing some of these records and just have produced by Beast by the Pine with no name on it because we wasn't making the beats. So I couldn't I could use the name. But see, when we left, he felt that he could do that because at the time, he, he had the name copywritten. But when we went to deposition and all of that shit, and we won it, that's when we won the rights to the catalog. And we got the name back. So he couldn't use it. <clears throat> Peace. Great start off. Bad ending. But y'all did some, leg some legendary, legendary things together, man. Like I said, with hindsight is 2020. You know what I'm saying? As long as we can, you know, disagree as men and just keep it pushing. You know what I'm saying? You can't ask for more than that. You know what I'm saying? That's just, just that's how it, that's how it go. You know what I'm saying? So it, 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 it was more too like when you look at it from afar, where when it got to the point to where when a circle was small, like just say when it was me, serve, Mia, Moby Dick. Not counting like his brother, like still can see. I mean, just like, you know, because they're gonna be solid. But when it's, when the circle is kind of small, even like when 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 mystical came, it just like the more the success coming started coming, you just kind of see all of the street niggas just starting to be around. Then he went from running the company, what it took from the success to running it like the streets. Well, anybody that's listening to this interview right here that's, that have their sights on being an executive, just understand how important it is to keep everything 100 with your, with your formula. Right. Everything you know is detrimental to your formula. You're supposed to massage that different. You know what I'm saying? Right. And you know, then, and you know, you give, you give, you get, you, you got to get a credit to the point to where, like, what really, what really damaged it to where it, it went beyond to where it couldn't be fixed is was when the success came with these records, my niggas, like, we always had a connect of the approach of a record. Mm -hmm. But when it got to the point when he started playing ball and I'm telling him some shit that we need to talk about and I'm telling this person and this person telling that to get to him and when they get to him, it's nothing what the fuck I said. And he gonna believe them when I started with you and they came in the midst of this shit. Yeah. Now that's when you disrespecting the value that we had. 
You know what I'm it saying? Happens, it, it happens a lot with us though, bro. And that's and that's what's unfortunate. It's like I don't I don't understand how, you know, if if, if you know if we if we selling fruit, you no, know, you got a fruit you got a fruit store, and I, I I'm I'm serving you your apples, all your apples, and for some right. reason. That's your hot. That's one of your hottest goddamn fruits in this bitch. Is are the apples. So right. now you the apple guy. So now you know as the apple man. So right. you really go to a larger scale. Somebody gonna give you a Walmart size bill now to do your apples, but you don't want to bring the nigga who serve you the apples to the table. That's like right. I don't. I don't be understand. They do that to us all the time. Once it get time right. for the big money, now we dispose of it. Right. Now we all of a sudden we just dispose. Like Hope said, you made Hope make another. So that's why you gotta be, you know, you gotta be willing to just walk away from it. Just be like, you know what? It's unfortunate because if they offer him two hundred million, nigga, you could have gave me two. Two fifty, and 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 that's the whole point. Man, it could even it could have even been to to the point like a lot of these artists that we had. Some certain certain artists needed to be developed too, my nigga. And mm-hmm. then you gotta think about this here too. Like, just think about this here. This is from an era of where you and I come from. It may mm-hmm. be hard for the new youngsters to understand this. Just think about this. When I say we drop two albums a month every two weeks for an entire year, now just think about this here. Every time we finished the album and we turned it in so he could turn it in to the distributor, mm-hmm. each album he was getting at least three to ten million dollars advance off every album. Just for turning it in. Don't want to pay us ten grand a beat, twenty grand a beat. That's a problem. It's, it just don't make sense, bro. That's what and I'm trying to say. It was it was to a point to where like we had a, a um he called the meeting and he was like um bro I want to make a hundred million this year. This was after like '97. We dropped Ghetto D. We dropped four albums that year. I know Ghetto D did four million at its peak. No telling where is that right now. Um, he dropped the TRU album. That was double platinum. Mill went like Mill like at eight hundred. Um, the body soundtrack. That was like the ninety-seven year. I'm not even talking about when we touched ninety-eight. I'm not even talking about when we touched ninety-eight. And he was like, "I want to make a hundred million. This is a real lesson to learn. From this conversation on both sides of the of the coin. Right. You know what I'm saying? And to me, it's like if you are an executive <clears throat> and you're willing to walk away from that much money just because you don't want to take care of the very thing that was your backbone for getting that money. Right. That's what your grandma used to say, you cut your nose off to spite your face. Right. That's one of those situations, you know what I'm saying? And it's like, what? Well, it could get on the other side where well, the producer could think he's too big and start demanding too much money. Like, but it, cause at the end of the day, you got to respect that's his vision. This whole label, right. the artist, like, you can't downplay that either. 
Right. So this this his ball, his back. But it's my place. Right. You know what I mean? So you look at you look at it like it's it too, Bing. Look at it like it's it too. Like you look at it from this perspective to where a lot of some of the stuff that happened, I'm not gonna say it wasn't his fault, but when you put people in place to handle shit for you mm-hmm. and you wasn't the one that did it, you still gonna take the hit because you hired these people. Pretty much. It's like, like, if you go to McDonald's and one of their employees hits you or do some shit to you, you're not gonna sue that employee, you're gonna deal with the company. Facts. So the whole thing is that like, he put people in place to where when it broke, he and I communication to where I just can't pick up the phone and call him to where I'm trying to get shit done to keep this company functioning, me and the rest of the pound. But it's to where, like, if I can't get in contact with you or you're not trying to be contacted because of what you're trying to pursue, and sports as an NBA, regardless, this is your company. It just be period to where you as the owner and you know how I am, you need to you just care what's going on over there. You shouldn't have to tell somebody to tell somebody to tell me. Now, and then the this. thing about it, the thing about it, the people that you're telling, you don't trust them like you trust me. Because they one thing, that. what they got to understand <clears throat> is, that whole year when we put all of those records out, that's when he started pursuing other shit. The company became self, you know, it, it ran, it pretty much ran itself. We sat down and made the list, the release dates for that entire year. And he gave them to me. And when he gave that to me, he loved to pursue other shit. It was left up to the pound, the producers, to meet these dates. He he didn't have to be there for that. I mean, that's the heavy lifting, right? We go we we go, we, we go end it on that, cause we'll go right. we'll go we'll go for days on that. We're gonna pick back up, but man, I appreciate you coming through here, man, chopping up with me, man. I'm sure this is a very informative show. For a lot of up and coming producers, man, just looking at even executives, you know what I'm saying, can, can listen to this, <clears throat> really take something from it, you know what I'm saying? So, that Mink About It podcast, appreciate you, man, for coming through. And, Always, um, my brother. Any, man, anything you need me for, bro, shit, I got you covered, man. Just holler. You already know, man. I appreciate you, KLC. Oh, definitely, Bink. Always. I hit you, bro. All right. One. Peace out, everybody. <laughs>